Democrat Providence City Councilwoman Nirva LaFortune wants to be the next mayor. She represents the third ward, which includes Mount Hope, Summit, and other adjacent neighborhoods. For, for some perspective, Miriam Hospital is in her district, just for a point of reference. All right, let's join in with the Councilwoman now. She's in an office joining us from Providence. Good morning, Councilwoman LaFortune. Thanks for coming on. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. You want to be the mayor. Before we got to you, we were talking about the Providence Police. They're look, looking for new recruits. But this is a litmus test, litmus test question uh, for the race mm -hmm. you want to be in, the mayor. Are you defund the police? Well, I want you to explain a bit to me what you, uh, how do you define defund the police? Because if you are asking me if I want to create a structure where we can respond to people's needs, if they're having a nonviolent um a nonviolent crisis where they need a mental health responder to come. Um, I support that. In fact, I worked on a framework to create a crisis response initiative, which the city announced in July that they're partnering with the Providence Center as well as Family Services and Public Safety to launch that. If you're asking me about accountability and making sure that there is a transparent process, um, uh, police officers um, are properly trained. There is a strong community policing initiative where we have um, police officers who are walking the beats, who are on bikes, who are engaging with the community, right. or where we're partnering with community um, entities like the Nonviolence Institute and our community centers um, to ensure that we are providing programming and opportunities for our youth and our young adults. Um, those are the things that I support because if we want to address the public safety in our city, we have to first invest in our neighborhoods, um, we have to, one, ensure that we have a strong community policing component. Okay, let, and me, uh, we also let me just jump, jump back in. Yes, uh, you asked me to, to define defund the police. Now, you, you know the, the concept we've been batting around since last summer. Defund the police means cut the police budget and spend the money elsewhere on other new forms of uh, social work, things like that. Are you defund the police? Do you want to cut the police budget in any way? That's a simple question. But wouldn't the funding that you allocate, wouldn't it support public safety? So if I'm I don't pushing know, I'm, I'm, for I'm, asking, I'm asking you, are you defund the police? Do you want to spend their money in the budget right now on something else? Is that what you're for? Reimagining whatever term you'd like to use. We'd like to just get on the record. Are you for defund the police? Do you want to cut their budget in but any way? A crisis response initiative would be part of um, um, public safety. So if it's part of public safety, it's within the public safety structure. So you're not taking away from public safety, you're enhancing public safety. So that's not defunding police, that's enhancing public safety to ensure that our community is safe and that we're responding to all crisis needs. All right, you voted against the budget though, the whole city budget because of the way the police budget shaped up. It wasn't cut to your liking, isn't that correct? And just go over this again, this reimagining. <laughs> Well, I didn't support the police budget because the police department asked for more funding, but yet they did not provide us with a comprehensive safety plan. And what organization can you go and say, well, I need more resources, I need funding, but I don't have a comprehensive plan to show how we're going to allocate those funds, how we're going to utilize or services. And so it's about being smart. If we're going to invest more funding in the police department, then we also should know how that funding is going to be spent. Right. And there should be a comprehensive public safety plan so that our city and every single neighborhood could be safe. 
so you voted against the whole city budget because you weren't happy with the police budget. But isn't it, but isn't it true that there are social workers who have been attached to that police department for 10 years? Wasn't there more money there for them? What is it that particularly bothered you about the way the police was asking for money? And doesn't that go to this whole concept of defund the police? Well, the police department has been working with family service for quite some time, but the social workers are not accessible 24-7. They don't go to every, um, to every call. Also, if someone calls 911, um, there should be a mechanism where if it's a crisis, a nonviolence um, crisis, where it's mental or behavioral health, it goes to that entity within public safety. If it's a violent situation, it goes to the police department. If it's a fire or requires EMS, it goes through that. And so there could be some things that are being done in terms of having a mental health practitioner, mm -hmm. but if it's not, um, if there isn't a uh, an initiative, a comprehensive initiative, where every time and there's someone who's available 24 hours, um, and not just one particular person, but an actual unit, then you're you're not necessarily. It's not a strong program. Okay. What I'm looking for is a true program within public safety to respond to this um, to um, to the needs of our community, and um, more importantly. Um, public safety is about also investing in our neighborhoods, mm -hmm. investing in our community. We also have to take proactive um, and preventative measures to ensure that kids, young people are choosing pathways to success and not pathways um, where they're going to get into criminal activities. Okay, I, I, I think, I mean, I think I'm trying to understand your point. You don't want to spend for the police the way we have been spending. Now, whether you want to, you know, use that term, defund the police, I don't think you do. I think a lot of people are moving away from that. You want to spend the money differently. And if that includes new units or a new way of doing things, you're for that. All right, a lot more to talk to you about. By the way, I've got 14 different topics. So let's begin with what kind of mayor you would be. There's a lot of complaints about the cleanliness of Atwell's Avenue, just about the city in general. Where do you stand with that? Filling the potholes, picking the garbage up, and getting things done. Well, I've always been one who has advocated to going back to the basics and making sure that the basic needs um, of our residents are met. That includes making sure that our streets are, are, are cleaned and um, sweeped on a regular basis. Our trash is picked up and not missed. Um, the potholes are filled. Um, we're addressing our sidewalk issues. I mean, I broke my ankle a few years ago on a run. I'm, a, I'm an avid runner. Um, and I broke my um, ankle on one of our sidewalks. So it's important that we have safe streets. Um, and part of the issue, too, is that we have a sidewalk list that goes back to years. So one of the things that we've been looking at, and I've worked with some of my other fellow co um, council colleagues, is looking at how do we incorporate a program within the city of Providence so that we can prioritize and allocate the funding to address those sidewalk issues and those potholes. Because what ends up happening is that when we don't fix them, uh, the claims come through the city. So it costs the city more not mm -hmm. addressing it. All right. Uh, other issues. Would you be a bike path mayor? Mayor Alorza wants to be the bike path mayor. Sometimes it's a chagrin of local business owners, particularly South Water Street. They don't want that. Would you rip up some of the bike paths and maybe put it back for cars or would you add more? What do you think of these things? I would be a mayor that believes in a city where we have options for people um, to get from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. uh, People need to have diversity and their transit options, whether you're in a car, whether you're on a bike, whether you're off, um, whether you rely on public transportation or walking. We all need options. I'm a biker. I've biked with my children down North Main Street. I've biked on the new South um, Water um, bike um, mm -hmm. lane. I want to make sure if I'm biking or I'm riding my bike down the street, I'm safe. 
if you ride your bike down North Main Street, it is quite dangerous. Um, there's no room for bikers. So right. we need to be able to share the road and have complete safe streets for everyone. All right. I guess the critics would say, well, how many bikers do you have versus how much traffic do you have? And can the city really handle it? It sounds like you're sympathetic, though, to bike paths. You ride one yourself. You also run. What about the buses, getting the buses out of Kennedy Plaza? There's a plan to put a terminal up near the courthouse. And there was another mm -hmm. plan to put kind of a hub system. What's your what's your take on Kennedy Plaza and the buses? Well, my take on Kennedy Plaza is that whatever decision is made is informed by the riders. It's a decision that's going to make our, um, it's environmentally um, appropriate. Um, it's a decision that's going to increase ridership. A few years ago, the city worked on, again, a comprehensive plan, got community input to move the um, uh, uh, the bus hub um, to uh, near the state house, mm -hmm. um, near Amtrak. And then now it seems like that plan is dissolved and we're trying to think uh, there trying to think of something else. No decision should be made without including the riders. The way Kennedy Plaza is right now, it's not working because we don't have a centralized location for people to access um, tickets um, that's safe, um, that's monitored. So we need, uh, we need a bus hub. Right. A bus hub that everyone can access, but we also need to make sure whatever decision is made is not made by um, the people at the top, but the community, the riders are part of it. Do you, have a, do you have a spot in mind? Is there something that comes to mind that you like down by the courthouse or you like maybe back up at the state house or around there? Do you have anything in mind? Well, what I'm concerned of is just making it accessible and, and um, it's not going to increase the time of um, your commute. I ride the right. bus as well. In fact, it's quicker for me to ride the bus uh, to get to uh, downtown or to a city hall uh, or a city council meeting. So, but I don't want to have to worry about being dropped five or 10 blocks away to run, um, to walk all the way back to City Hall. So it's all about creating a plan that works for the riders. Councilwoman LaFortune wants to be the next mayor of Providence. She joins me. We're working way, our way through a list here. Uh, let's stay in Kennedy Plaza. That Superman building has been empty. Uh, nobody really knows what to do with it, including the guy who owns it. What would you do with the Superman building, Councilwoman? I remember going inside the Superman building where the Fleet Bank was inside of it with my dad. So it's been there for quite some time. One of the major needs of our city is housing right now. This is an opportunity to turn that building around and make it into mixed use development, um, zone it as inclusionary zoning. We can have housing that it can include affordable housing, workforce housing, right. people who are paying um, full rate, and then people who might be subsidized and then have commercial space at the bottom. Um, but we need to start thinking outside of the box we need to hold the developer accountable so that something can be done with um, the building. It's a beautiful, architecturally, it's a beautiful structure. Um, and there's so much potential there. Um, but the investments need to be made and we can really address our housing problem with it. Yeah, I mean, it needs a lot of money because I understand uh, the, while the lobby is beautiful and the top is beautiful, in the middle it's really just office space that's not, that's not very appealing and there's all kinds of HVAC issues. So if you could get the money from the government or somewhere else to do that, mm -hmm. you're looking at low-income housing, but in addition to people who would pay, I guess, fair market value and on and on. All right, let's keep going. That mall across the street, uh, some people say if the Apple store ever moves out, you could put the lights out in that place. We lost Nordstrom. What's your assessment of what's going on at the Providence Place Mall? Well, I was just in a meeting a few days ago with the Providence Foundation and one of the leaders of the mall um, was there to give us an update of what's happening with the mall. And it sounds like they are bringing in some new retail. But one of the questions I did ask is, again, 
is there any um, I um, are there any options to address our housing needs and to again use that space as mixed use space and add some a housing component or educational component? Um, we are a university town. This might be a great opportunity to have some classrooms or some innovative um, spaces or hubs okay. within that um, within that building. So there's a lot that can be done, and it sounds like the executives for the mall are working with the city, are working this with the state, are talking to people to figure out what can be done to really transform um, the mall. Because right now we're seeing that um, most retail is being done online, and people are not going into these um, malls that used to exist back in the day. Um, but there's so much potential. And I look forward to working with the execs and uh, figuring out what we can do with it. You know, that has happened in other cities where a mall has empty space. They put people to live in there or different things. You're right, classrooms, I've seen that in New Jersey and uh, elsewhere. What was the reception you got from the mall owners? Did they welcome that or did they move the conversation along and say, that's not what we're looking for? It was, I asked the question, it seems like what they, it sounded like, it seems like the person who was there is they're open, they're having conversations. And I think right now we have to be open with everything that's happened in our country, um, the, the change of trends, um, people have to be flexible. Um, but the, again, the number one of the uh, the top needs of our state in our city is housing. So anywhere that we can increase housing opportunities mm -hmm. is going to be critical. And that mall is 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 one of those uh, buildings that we can do that, including the Superman building as well. Well, that leads us to the homelessness issue in Providence and Kennedy Plaza and elsewhere. I come out of your city sometimes up by. Uh, Crossroads and the panhandlers are there and some people say, you know, it's a little too much at times. I know a man who invested a lot of money in the downtown. He opened a Greek restaurant and I was walking past it once and there were homeless people sprawled out in front of the sidewalk. How do you balance being considerate of the homeless but also considerate of the business people and investors and visitors to your city? Yeah. So the homelessness issue is not unique to Providence. It's everywhere. Um, it also has exacerbated due to the pandemic. People lost their jobs. Um, people lost family members. Um, and the homelessness is not also just concentrated in one area. What we're seeing is it's starting to spread out. Yes, there are certain parts of the city where we see more of it. Um, it's definitely around um, that um, the Broad Street area where Crossroads is located in downtown. Remember, downtown is accessible to public transportation and the um, bus hub is down there. Um, I went on a ride along with House of Hope uh, before the pandemic, um, and it was truly uh, one of the, uh, it was uh, a ride that really touched me. One, I saw someone that I went to high school with um, who was homeless, mm -hmm. but there are minor things where people cannot have access to just like these basic necessities. We were talking to a gentleman who was homeless and I asked him, um, where does your family live? And I thought his family lived in another part of the country. And he said, they live in Pawtucket. And I said, well, how come you haven't seen your family? And he said to me, I can't afford to. I don't have money to ride the bus. Mm. And he can't get a job because he lost his social security card, but he can't get a social security card because he doesn't have anywhere to send it to because he doesn't have an address. So the homelessness issue is layered. Um, we have to uh, increase services. We need to think about how we can support mm. organizations like um, Crossroads, um, the Amos House, um, job development opportunities. Yep. And we also, again, need to invest more in housing. The state of Rhode Island invests less than $10 per person on housing. That's not okay. 
So we need to address housing. We need affordable housing, but we also need housing for people who are on fixed incomes, people who are suffering with behavioral uh, mental health, where they can get wraparound services and also create pathways from homelessness to job opportunities and secure and sustainable housing. All right, let's go to the tax base. Mayor Alois is proud that he, he says, I hold the line on taxes. Would you hold the line on taxes? And then I want you to start thinking about the pension obligation and how do you solve that perennial problem that no other mayor has been able to solve. Let's begin with taxes first. All right, well, in terms of, uh, so, well, you can't, I guess you have to talk about pension obligation and taxes together because we know that the pension obligation is a major financial burden for the city of Providence. Um, it has been for years. It's taken a long time for us to get there. I was one of a few council members who worked on the pension report um, where we outlined recommendations and how to address it. That um, includes um, employees paying more into their benefits, um, perhaps um, transition it to the state pension system, um, doing a hybrid model. But whatever decision we make, we also have to make sure that the workers are at the core. Um, it, we do need to increase our, our tax base. Uh, we need uh, more investment in our city, paying um, folks, um, these investors mm -hmm. um, and development paying more taxes, but we have to have a mechanism to attract them to our city, but we also need to support our small and our local businesses because we don't want the burden to be on our residents, the homeowners right. um, who are paying taxes here. And so one of the things that we can look at is really um, making sure that we have a strong economic development office where we have people who can go out throughout the nation. Other municipalities are doing it, um, talking to start startup companies, right. micro businesses, larger businesses to come and invest in the city of Providence. Um, we have a robust city. We're a city of multiple universities. We have strong talent um, that we can leverage, um, but we need, um, we, we can attract them. And also right. I was one of the people who I actually introduced a, a resolution um, to assess the pilot program um, to ensure that our nonprofits are paying their fair share. And so that's, that's going to expire. Um, in 2023, and so we need to make sure that right, the, me... the current pilot program, um, we have to see if it's working. If it's not, how we can we make sure that all the nonprofits are paying their fair share and they're let... contributing to the city of Providence? Let me just jump in. I, it's just a tough. You really can't see me. I could see you, though. It's a little d difficult to <laughs> communicate this way. We only have 30 seconds left, and I have to hold it there because it's a hard out. Uh, you, your schools have been taken over. Would you be a mayor who would want more hands-on approach, even though the state has kind of limited that? And I know it's a short answer. I've only got very limited time. Just take that so I could wrap it up. Absolutely. I'm a parent. I'm a graduate of our public schools. My graduate degree for Brown University is in urban education policy. Okay. You cannot, we cannot, we cannot function as a city without a strong um, educational okay. system, and we need our schools back. And I hope that we can create a plan to get the schools back to Providence and the resources and funding to support our students, families, and teachers. Okay, you know what? I'll have you on the radio. We'll further flesh out that very important topic. But thanks for coming on now to 10 News Conference, and good luck ahead. Councilwoman Nirva LaFortune wants to be the next mayor. Thank you, Councilwoman. Thank you. Have a wonderful day.